I remember talking to my mom on the phone and saying to her, I feel so strongly about this work and I'm so confused because I've had this life of relative privilege that you and dad have given me. I haven't experienced so many of the different barriers that the women who participate in this program have faced and moved forward from. And yet doing this work feels so deeply personal to me. It feels like there's a disconnect. And my mom right away said, oh, well, of course it feels personal to you. Your Grammy would have been the perfect candidate for this program. Welcome to the Intuitively Aligned podcast, a place for changemakers to cultivate their intuition and foster greater impact in their everyday lives. I am your guide, Sydney Bloom. Hi, friends. I hope you're doing well. In today's solo episode, I want to talk about the way that we can weave the threads of our lives back to the people who came before us. And I'm going to share with you why it's important to understand yourself in the context of your ancestors. And I will share with you a story from my own experience that actually brought me really profound insight into why I was doing the work that I was doing in my everyday life. To start out, I want to ask a question. Do you know who your ancestors are? Do you know who came before you, where your family of origin came from, who their ancestors were? Have you ever taken the time to look into those origins or to ask questions if you have the privilege of living family that you're close with, who you can talk to about where your people come from, who they are, and what their stories were. This is a really profound and personal topic. The more we let ourselves open up to our origins, to those who came before, the deeper we can go in looking at our family trees and understanding what happened in the different generations, what lands they lived in, where people moved from and to as each generation moved forward, the more you will gain insight into yourself. And it's, I believe really strongly that in this life, you have the opportunity to define yourself, you have the opportunity to break patterns of intergenerational trauma. You have the responsibility, actually, to do as much of your own inner healing as you can so that you can go forward in a way that taps into your innermost desires and lets you create in the world with meaning and positive impact. Because I think in life, we are either slowly dying or quickly dying, as the case may be, or we are gaining life and gaining vitality. And when we don't examine ourselves and examine where we come from, it's very easy to move through life feeling blocked, to move through life preoccupied with old stories, 
stories of things that have been done to us, stories about how we've been hurt or how we will protect ourselves by creating boundaries in the form of walls. We move through life so easily not knowing the way in which our defenses and our limiting beliefs about ourselves are actually steering the ship. Instead of doing that work so that we can then guide ourselves from a place that is present and aware and embodying as much loving clarity as possible so that we can navigate towards our individual and collective best and highest good. So when I ask you, do you know who your ancestors are? Do you know where you come from? This isn't meant to make you feel bad about everything that you don't know. In fact, I think the vast majority of us have a lot of question marks when we look back in our family trees. And there are probably question marks around information, people, and places that we could actually find out. And then there will also potentially be question marks that will never get answered and never be resolved because there are people who disappear. There are stories that cause pain or shame or profound trauma. I'm not trying to get depressing here. I'm really just saying this because embarking on a quest to know who you are and where you come from and who your people are. It's not for the faint of heart. And it's also a path that requires great love and tenderness and care to yourself. You should only embark on a journey of inquiring into where you come from and who your ancestors are if you feel like you can be at peace with not knowing, if you can be in acceptance of the fact that you may not find what you think you're looking for, you may not find anything at all, or you may find information that gives you some really profound answers. And so I'm offering you this warning label that says, proceed with awareness, proceed with gentle optimism that whatever you find, whether it's revealing harms and hurts that have been unknown and hidden away, or whether it's information that's out in open daylight for everybody to find in archives or stories or otherwise, proceed with awareness of what you're getting into. And know exploring your own origins is an exercise that can help you make sense of the life that you have lived up to present. And while you are not your ancestors, and the journey of your time will be different than the journey of theirs, having insight into what those who have come before have been through may provide you with a lens for perspective for healing, and for inner reconciliation. I spent 
over a decade working in the nonprofit sector. And the first big program that I got involved with was an initiative that was designed to help single mothers who are experiencing homelessness transition to full economic self-sufficiency. And the program that I helped scale across Ontario, working with numerous partners in different locations from urban to rural, southern Ontario to the far north, across cultural contexts, including working with partners who were leading in the urban Indigenous context. Across this body of work, the goal of the program was to remove obstacles from the path of women who wanted to create a better future for their children and for themselves too. And I remember, (laughs) you know, I worked on the scaling of this program for many years and went from partnering with one community to partnering with two communities to collaborating with an organization that would bring in several other community organization partners And all through that work, I felt so strongly compelled in it. I brought this steadfastness to the work that I think was almost hard for some people to understand. It was certainly hard for me to understand sometimes. And I remember one day I was invited to give a speech. And it was a speech to people who would be potentially donating to support the program. And I am someone who so firmly believes in owning our own stories. And I was also starting to discover at that time that if we're going to own our own stories, then we also shouldn't be telling other people's stories for them. And in the nonprofit sector and in philanthropy, there is a big culture of having program participants share their stories, but also of having staff tell the stories of some of the participants they've met. And I really wanted to speak from my own experience and my own perspective. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone and saying to her, I feel so strongly about this work. And I'm so confused because I've had this life of relative privilege that you and dad have given me. I haven't experienced so many of the different barriers that the women who participate in this program have faced and moved forward from. And yet doing this work feels so deeply personal to me. It feels like there's a disconnect. And my mom right away said, oh, well, of course it feels personal to you. Your Grammy would have been the perfect candidate for this program. She had children at a young age with a man who was not going to stick around. She had aspirations for herself. She had wanted to go to university but had been told by her father that women didn't go to university. And she walked me through all of these events that had happened in her very early years with her mom as a young woman and explained to me how the different components of this program that I was involved in now were truly trying to address all the things that had been barriers to my grandmother being able to support her children herself and In the time that she was living in, I think there was really this belief that you needed a man to support you. After this conversation with my mom, I felt so much clarity around the fact that, wow, okay, (laughs) this 
this may not be for me. It's not that I'm drawing on my own life experience, but I'm doing it for my ancestors. I'm doing it because the women who are in this program are mothers and they have children and they deserve to have every opportunity to thrive. And what happens in the world when people are given opportunities to pursue their dreams, they do great things. And that really marked the beginning of a deeper curiosity that I felt about who I am, where I come from, and who my people are, and what their stories were, and what kind of challenges they had to overcome. And I have by no means put together my whole family tree. There are so many question marks that I face when I think about my ancestors, but it really helped me in a direct way to understand why I was pursuing this career in my everyday life here and now to know what my grandmother had been through, to know what my mom and her brothers went through as young children and some of the traumas that they endured and some of the hardships that went unsupported and also hardships that have incredible stories of community supports that showed up for their family And having that conversation gave me the insight that I am not doing this work in a vacuum. I'm not doing it because I'm some Sally (laughs) Do-Gooder who just wants to make the world better. I mean, of course I want to make the world better, but I also really honestly have a visceral reaction to people thinking that getting involved in community services means that they're doing good work. You do good work in your life when you show up with presence and awareness and a depth of understanding of what the objective is, how you can support it, and the real larger impact that comes from doing whatever it is you're doing in your everyday lives. And sometimes what we do in our everyday life is is work that we do because we need to survive Sometimes the work that we do is work that we're doing because that opportunity is there. And we know that in order to get where we really want to go, we need to take those opportunities. But I can say for myself that the work that I was doing in the nonprofit sector felt personal to me and understanding what my own ancestors went through gave me the insight to understand why I really cared. And I also gained the insight in that conversation with my mom that my experience would be similar to the experience of the grandchildren of the women who went through that program. That for all of the participants who thrived, who did such huge work on themselves in their inner world and in their outer world to heal and go to college and do internships and find work and support their children and build healthier relationships for themselves, what that work meant was that their children would have different opportunities and their children's children might have the opportunity to start from a place that felt like more of a level playing field. And Understanding that I was doing this for my ancestors gave me the clarity that I wasn't here projecting my privilege 
to try to create opportunity because I have so much and someone else doesn't. It's actually because I'm showing up to be reconciled within myself. I understand that the experience of my ancestors and my grandparents and my parents is deeply connected to who I am. And so I share all of this as an invitation to you to dig a little bit deeper if you haven't. And many of you already are. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're already doing the work. You're already starting the work. But I share this story with you as an invitation for you to think about who are you in the world? How do you show up? What causes do you care about? And how do you take action for those causes? And what does that have to do with where you come from and who your people are? and how your people got to be here. I want to mention that I held an intention-setting event on Wednesday, November 29th, and it was absolutely beautiful. We had 12 participants show up, which was so exciting to me. I think my initial intention had been a goal of about six people participating, and we had 12, and we still went really deep There was space for people to reflect. I guided participants on visual journeys, remembering their month of November, and calling in various supports for their month of December. And then we also had a really gentle and nourishing space where all participants were able to share back with the group and reflect on what came up for them. So that event was a great success. And it has led me to think that it would be valuable to hold a 2024 intention-setting event that will take place on Thursday, December 28th. And I am opening the registration now, so I will put a link in the show notes for you. If you're interested in signing up, you can sign up there. And we're going to go even deeper, reflecting on 2023 and setting intentions for 2024. So if you've been looking for a way to nourish yourself, get grounded, and also get energized about the year ahead, this would be a really great opportunity for you to show up for yourself and to show up virtually in a gentle and beautifully held community to do this work. To our audience, I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, share, or click the notification button on your podcast platform. For those listening on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful for a five-star rating and a written review. This will also make it easier for other listeners to find the show. I also want to give a shout out to our podcast producer, Wilson Lynn, and I want to thank you again for joining me on this journey. I can't wait for you to hear the next episode.